the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. We are we are being reached from our various spots in the Twin Cities. Um, uh, thinking about soccer amidst a little bit of a crisis situation in the Twin Cities with Um, the death of Dante Wright and the protests about that and the imminent um, ending of the trial of uh, Chauvin uh, for the murder of George Floyd. So we're thinking about that, but we're also thinking about the first game of Minnesota United and other stuff. So we are going to plunge ahead. Yes, there's there's been a lot. That's for sure. Since since we last recorded, a lot of uh, a lot more weights, a lot more trauma in our communities through police violence and police murder, and the uh, community response, and now essential occupation of uh, not just Brooklyn Center, but the Twin Cities, parts of Minneapolis, parts of St. Paul. I mean, it's I, I was rolling down Lake Street and. I, I had to laugh because it was just so surreal that uh, National Guard were posted up at the American Rug Laundry, for <laughs> protecting those rugs at all costs. You know, I have to say, high stakes product. <laughs> I have right. to say, I went to the Walker on Thursday night, and there was no National Guard there. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I was like, I guess. I guess they'll just let let the art museums go if it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing important there. Nothing to save. Just, just, just be done with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it is bizarre to you know. It, we've got nice weather. Everyone's you know sitting at the windows or sitting outside, and you look up and you see a whole convoy of of tanks and troop carriers go by and. It's yes, uh, kind of a surreal thing. Yes, yes. Um, so that that was Bridget. Obviously, Sheila brought us in. My name's Eric, and we're a little solemn, but we're gonna try and uh, try and get through some football as well. I actually was in Brooklyn Center yesterday. I went and participated in a little bit of the action, and uh, it's it's a very it's a much denser, tighter space than I expected. Like when you see it on Unicorn Riot or whatever you're watching it, it looks like this. Like it's vast, like there's lots of movement and lots of people and stuff. It is tight. So when that kettling start, kind, of, kind of starts to happen, you can see how it can go down really fast because there's not a lot of space and a lot of places to go. Um, yeah, that's, that, that was yeah. the thing I saw and really noticed. And then it was, it was just kind of surreal too because like on one side, kind of similar to when we had the, the uprising here in, in our neighborhood um, and you'd look up and see armed police and security with sniper rifles on one side but then I, I turn like 90 degrees and there's this just wonderful barbecue and like community <laughs> gathering and food and clothing and mutual aid and support is happening 
at the exact same time, like 50 <laughs> feet away. Yeah, I kind of noticed that uh, the aerial view of the kettling last night, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the feeds so far looked pretty similar to last summer where, you know, it stretches blocks and things mm-hmm. are going on, you know, street after street. And then that aerial view uh police coming in from all sides and kettling people in and it's basically like the lawn of a couple apartment buildings right there that's right and that's like right confined to you know a 100 by 100 foot space it's kind yeah of insane. i mean i'm at george floyd square a lot frequently and it's not big but it feels right. huge compared yeah. to that space in brooklyn center so we send our solidarity with uh with every, all the people on the ground and, and everybody that's uh, striving for a better world and, and looking for alternatives to uh, to police murder of BIPOC bodies. And yeah, it's it's been rough for those that are in the Twin Cities and whew, yeah. Um, but feel, feel, feel free to get in contact with us because obviously this is, this is weighing on everybody. Um, and in the midst of it, we're gonna switch to some football and you know it, it, it's inseparable it's, it's going to weave its way in inevitably we're going to talk about it through the lens of uh minnesota united and some other things as well but let's start here let's start with nwsl um we'll jump right into not this week in racism but last week in racism because i actually missed this one so bridget i'll throw this to you this was coming from this was like a post-match situation with houston dash yeah. and i'll let you take it from there Yes, yeah, so uh, Houston played Chicago um, in Houston. They had uh, a limited number of fans and some family, uh, obviously, there as well. Um, but the situation was after the match. Uh, players were kind of gathering on the sidelines. Their family members were coming down uh, to visit with them. Um, Sarah Gordon was visiting with her boyfriend. Uh, who is black um, and stadium security approached them uh, and asked them to break it up. Uh, told him that he needed to, to get away from the pitch. Um, so she puts out on Twitter that, uh, that this had happened, that security had profiled her and her boyfriend uh, and asked them to, you know, get off the pitch, get away from the, the sidelines. Um Houston Dash's statement after the fact was that security was just enforcing COVID protocol. No one was supposed to be visiting with players. However, security only approached the black couple. They said nothing to all of these white players who were visiting with family and friends. And I mean, it's, it's a whole crowd of people breaking COVID protocol. Sure. Um, and the, the rest of the players actually put out a statement, Chicago players as well, saying, hey, we, yeah, we broke COVID pl- protocol. We shouldn't have been standing around talking to our families, but we also recognize that we weren't approached and told to break it up. And this couple was told to break it up. And there's a, uh, a definite difference between the two. Was this outside or inside? Inside. Uh, so like as they were leaving the pitch, the fan kind of came down the like the rails, like right along the sidelines there. So there's, they're supposed to be, you know, those seats are blocked off so that the fans aren't close enough to the bench um, or to the players kind of gathering on the sideline there. So, yeah. It's absurd. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll follow that. I mean, I, I think there was been some, I mean, the league responded, the team responded. Uh, this is, uh, what's the, uh, the, I can't remember the acronym now, black women players for change, right? BWPC. Yeah. They responded. So there's been an, enough, uh, attention on it. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be any real action consequences. I mean, maybe they'll start enforcing the COVID protocol and basically leave it at that. I really don't see them doing a whole lot. I mean, they continue to uh, supposedly make these strides towards equity and, you know, getting rid of these situations. Yeah. Um, NWSL has been taking pride in being that league that's out in front on that stuff. Right. Uh, so for this to happen, it's it kind of makes every other gesture that they make now. Um, for, for this to happen to... on like the opening day, basically. <laughs> yes, yes. Ouch. Welcome back. Let's all get together. Let's recognize our similarities and our differences. Yeah. Let's get over ourselves. And oh, hey, you get off the field. Um, brutal. Yeah, so great, brutal, brutal. great way to start the season there. Um, sticking with NWSL, uh, we had North Carolina Courage, Washington Spirit. That's a 3-2 win to the North Carolina Courage. Um, always strong, always contenders. I think maybe the, the highlight of this match, though, is Trinity Rodman, who we've mentioned before, uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter, and extremely young prospect. I can't remember how old she is, but I think she's she's still 18, 19. She's less than 20 yeah. years old, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, coming right in, not intimidated at all, getting a goal for Washington Spirit, just like it's no big deal. I mean, bright, bright future. Um, so the one I was really excited about, got to watch a little bit of racing Louisville and Orlando pride, the, the team that I adopted. And this was a great match. It was a lot of fun, uh, early goals, late goals. We had the very first, uh, racing Louisville goal, in the 12th minute from Kaiser, nice finish, uh, great through ball, uh, Orlando tied it up. So it's one, one at halftime. Uh, thanks to the Kramer family, our, our Louisville correspondents, they sent some really good photos that we put up on uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, it was, it was cool having them out there and just letting, living the experience through them, I suppose. Then then it kind of, it's back and forth, it's back and forth. Uh, last minute drama, there's a, an 88th minute goal from Orlando Pride from Kim. She's actually like sliding and falling backwards as she gets her toes on it and goes right in beautiful goal and at that point i think everybody including the people in the stadium were like well that, that's the match too too bad to lose the the uh first ever home opener in louisville not so fast says uh <laughs> says hendrix in stoppage time in the 90 something 91st 92nd pulls one back to tie it 2-2 in super dramatic fashion and okay so at first, I thought in this in this celebration, I mean, they're all, they're taking their time because I mean the game is over at this point; it's in stoppage time. And it looks like the flowers. We've talked about how awesome I love the uh, the home. By the way, it's the home kit. I think last episode I thought it was the away kit, the home kit with the flowers, which is just beautiful and spectacular. It looked like those flowers were glowing, you guys. I thought they were <laughs> glowing, glow in the dark on the uniforms. I stand corrected. What it is is there's black lights in the stadium so oh. yeah so it just depends on how the black lights are hitting in this case the flowers and other images that kind of made them pop and look like they were glowing like that it still looked amazing i mean it was the coolest yeah. effect <laughs> so 
pretty cool for for Louisville to come out with a two two draw and and convince me that I really need that kid even more. <laughs> Um, so then they played the Washington spirit later in the week on the 15th and they actually lost one nil, uh, and the rain and the dash played and they tied nil nil. I don't have the full standings right now, but I mean, things are still early in the tournament where I think still a lot of, a lot can happen. Um, but I mean, if you were to start betting on North Carolina courage, probably a strong one, a good bet. Anything you all have seen from the, uh, NWSL tournament? I mean, we we could bring up the the Kansas City, um, Portland. Oh yeah, we we talked about we, that last time. That's right. Did, you guys, okay. Yeah, yeah, y'all took off. Right. We, we we talk about the, uh, the 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 battle, as it were. <laughs> I left that one early, and now it's all blurring together. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. So, for for listeners right now, you're you're probably realizing that there is no Rodrigo. Uh, for for. Obvious reasons when we talked to them about the Minnesota United match, he, he was he was booted off the podcast for this one. No, there, there was something else. <laughs> it just it just happens to uh, to coincide though with his with his Rui no, Diaz. No Rui Diaz talks today. That's right. That's right. So we're flipping it. We 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 lost uh, Sheila and Bridget last time, so they're back, and Rodrigo's out. So I guess I'm gone next time. I, I my turn. <laughs> Um, let's jump to this. Cause this is some literally before we started recording, you broke this to me, Bridget. Uh, we had heard rumors yesterday that the 2021 U S open cup, which had already been completely reformulated. We started calling it the closed cup because all the lower division teams essentially were being slashed and burned and it was, you know, Minneapolis city again, was out. And it was just a whole weird, weird situation with COVID. Well, the rumor was, perhaps canceled and Bridget. Yeah. So yesterday U S soccer announced uh, this tweet actually went out at two in the afternoon. I'm not sure how we missed it in the afternoon. Um, But yeah, they're, they're canceling it completely. Uh, They are citing challenges still in place due to the pandemic Um, issues within clubs as well. Probably not being able to manage those games. Um, So rather than, you know, they had already canceled that first round. It was just going to be the round of 16 and they're just going to call it off and not try to uh, struggle with those logistics. Um, they are still talking about doing something later in the year. Uh, similar to talk to what we, what we heard last year. So. Is this going to guarantee Atlanta United then for the next uh, CC? <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> once again obviously that's actually yeah when that when that first came out one of the first replies i saw on twitter was well so i guess atlanta united is it's in disease yep Ugh. um some mls news uh dc united hiring lucy rushton she did uh marketing i think it was for aforementioned atlanta united she becomes the is it first field first female gm and second Major U.S. I'm reading this wrong. Uh, the general manager, the league's so, first female GM and the second female GM in major U.S. sports. I think I got it right. Who was the first uh, GM in major U.S. sports? Kim, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Ng. We, I think. Yeah. We. What? What's that was? 
That was like early nineties. Uh... Marlins baseball. Yeah. 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 I only know because it's in the article. <laughs> but good honor. Uh, it's a little That's bit huge. pathetic, I think. Yeah, but we went to uh, like pathetic close to isn't it's years. taken this long. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like good for fucking you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we, we have done that before. We did that once 30 years ago. Yay. Yeah, it's back. like it's like yeah. when people are like, Why are there no black anchors? And people are like, Oh, what, what about Robin Robinson? It's like uh <laughs> Oh, did you all see that from that SNL skit? That was amazing. <laughs> like all the comments. It's like how oh yeah, yeah. That that's a tangent, but I, I love those responses. There was like, Oh, how cute the the New Yorkers think we actually have black anchors in Minnesota. <laughs> Two on one screen at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What? <laughs> uh that was good um we learned that okay we'll, we'll jump into quick Ch- champions league here uh setting it by saying that we learned that uh, kevin molino with um now columbus is out with his six, six day weeks with a hamstring so in retrospect to uh minister united letting him go maybe not so bad who knows i mean why not get a three-year guaranteed contract before you pull your hammy again right exactly all right, let's get this thing started. So all these, the uh, Central American Mexican teams coming to the U.S. for this uh, second leg of the round of 16. And spoiler alert, but the MLS once again did very, very well, amazingly. Um, so Atlanta beats Alajuense in Atlanta, 1-0. Uh, the 18-year-old Finando we mentioned last time, Rios Novo, because Guzman is out on the red card. He starts, he holds it down. Barco gets a PK. There, that's the end of the match. 2-0 on aggregate. Atlanta moves on. The one that was really wild, I think, uh, I did not expect this score. So they came in uh, 2-2 tied in uh, Marathon uh, in Nicaragua. So they go to Portland, and Portland just hits the gas, doesn't let up. 5-0 is your final score there. 7-2 <laughs> on aggregate with uh, Chara getting getting the hat trick Valeri scores as well Oria gets one like almost to the very end of the match 89 but I mean wow I did not expect that at all huge win for Portland uh which I guess then leads us to the other interesting narrative point we were talking about uh thank you to our 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 um friend listener of the podcast that pointed this out appreciate it thank you very much because i missed this but apparently there were two players for marathon that defected and actually stayed in portland uh after this match was over uh attempting to i assume uh go for asylum um and you uh bridget you had more uh you, you let me know that there was there was another piece of the story that's a little darker that i didn't even realize so what yeah, happened? so the, the club is basically um, cooperating with U.S. immigration uh, in tracking these players down, um, presumably to get them kicked back out. Uh, and obviously they, they cut their contracts by, by defecting. So the club would like its money back and they would like to see the players uh, probably not come back to the club, but be sent back to their country. It's just Yikes. so evil. Terrible. It's terrible. just yeah. so, so evil. <laughs> yep. That's terrible. Yeah. You know what? Um, 
you know, that you could argue that that's a kind of trafficking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, about 10 years ago, maybe even longer, my dad uh, was working. It was like he had been retired, but he was doing like pro bono immigration work. And there was this case of this, uh, this guy who had these, these roofers um, working and basically threatening that if they didn't keep working for him, he would call ice on them. And I mean, there was some, there was some bad abuse um, and like yeah. they were, who was starving them and stuff, but they won the case. They, they, somebody found out and they, you know, and, and the defense was that the guy's threat to deport them was a, a kind of trafficking. Interesting. That's interesting. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we should also mention for, for Minnesota United supporters that are listening, I mean, this was kind of the origin story of Ozzy Alonso in the United States. I mean, he came, yeah. was it was it Cuban national team or was it a, a different club team? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was like the youth national team. He was like yes. 17, 18 um, here for some, some sort of tournament. Uh, I think the bus stopped at like a Walmart or something and he just grabbed his bag and walked right away yeah um yeah i mean it happens sometimes we don't care all that often but that's often a danger when especially south american clubs come here for tournaments uh usually youth who are um you know around that age where they can like safely break off from their parents and you know try to find a job and make things happen here uh it happens fairly often that they just get off the bus or get off the plane and walk away. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's different, unfortunately. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic to go into with right. us Cuban relations compared to other nations. Um, but yeah, this, this sucks. That's terrible. That really, really sucks. Um, okay. Uh, one of the other matches with CCL Cruz Azul and Arahai from Haiti, they, they were nil nil, which was again, this, a really big moment for the Haitian club we mentioned last time. Uh, but Cruz Azul, I think, played with their second or third stringers in the first round, and they kind of decided, you know what, we should probably actually call in our starters. <laughs> and so they did. <laughs> and it was an 8-0, just <laughs> annihilation. <laughs> so the real Cruz Azul did, in fact, stand up in this one. So big win for them. On, on the following day, um, and, and probably the most impressive of these, of these, of these matches, you had, it was a 1-1 tie from mexico between toronto and leon coming into this thing in toronto um or no actually where are they playing they're not playing in toronto they're in um they're somewhere in the u.s are they at red bull yeah. i can't remember red bull right i think they're at red bull so so they go there and Tor toronto only has like five starters is playing a lot of their academy kids uh against the defending Clausura champions of Liga Mieckis, and they beat them amazingly, <laughs> two to one. Kind of remarkable. Uh, Mullins 55th, uh, Morrow 72nd. There was a late Leon goal in like the 80th minute. But this is a valiant effort from a team that I don't think many people expected to get through. I mean, I didn't against Leon. I agree. So, 
So good on him. 3-2 is the aggregate there. Toronto is through. Uh, Philadelphia Union was basically already through. They, they, they came into this thing 4-0 on aggregate. They didn't have to – or no, I'm sorry. I got, I'm getting confused with the other one. That was Columbus. Uh, they were 1-0 up on Saprissa. But then they came home and got the job done in a huge fashion as well. 4-0 against Saprissa. So they, they go 5-0 on aggregate. Holding Saprista to no goals too, which is which is another thing. That's <laughs> that's impressive. Philly looks really good. They look scary good. Um, Club America actually lost to Olympia, but it didn't matter because they already had two away goals. So two two aggregate, they went on away goals. They are going through. I, I just put it here. It wouldn't be a real CCL if Club America got eliminated. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so they are through. Um, this is the one where Columbus did they, they could they could have put in their you know their their ticket staff because they came in with this thing four nil already um, they 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 end up winning against Real Esteli one nil five nil on aggregate off of a right Phillips goal so again they look I mentioned scary good Columbus looked scary <laughs> scary good so with that all five MLS teams are through to the quarterfinals I'm not sure that's ever happened before. Can either of you confirm her? I'm not sure. I believe you're correct. I mean, especially not even, even if it has happened, it hasn't happened in this fashion where they right. came, they imposed their will. They got really good results. And I mean, they shut out Saprissa and <laughs> just blew through some of these other teams as well. You beat Leon with, with yeah, like I think, your I think academy in players. Years, uh, some teams just got lucky. Um, yeah. You know, foul calls just kind of went their way. But yeah, this this time it was all, uh, what's the word? I lost it. But domination, um, domination, a, a very convincing performance from all of them. So it's exciting. I mean, this is kind of what yeah. we've been waiting for, right? I mean, we, we we've never had the MLS win, um, and just to actually see these teams get through, like all of a sudden that probability starts to get up there. I mean, mm-hmm. the the dream would be an all MLS final, right? Cause then you're guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so we're the far, world we're can argue. Yeah. The world can argue that one club getting in is a fluke, but when you have four, uh, there's, there's probably something good happening there. So. Yeah. I mean, that's generally the league. I way, right? They, they stack it, they all get through and then you get yep. a league. Miyaki's final. Exactly. <laughs> so cool. That's, it's really exciting. I mean, this, I, I kind of bob and weave and kind of go back and forth my interest in it, but I think I'm I more so than in the past. I really am paying attention to it this year because the MLS teams really do look good. Okay, ah, uh, Sheila Bridget Rodrigo, he's not here, but all of our work, all of our complaining, all of our moaning, and mostly mine, I suppose, <laughs> I put it on me <laughs> for uh, for broadcast of these games and getting them on the rabbit ears, friends. It has paid off. Uh, it was announced by Minnesota United that they are working in partnership with the CW. That would be channel 23 on your rabbit ears. And they're going to carry, they're not going to carry all the matches, but it's a little more than half, I think like 19 of 30 something. Yeah. Which yo, I'll take, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so thank you. I, I know sometimes Minnesota United we're, we're hard on you, but in this case, I'm saying, obrigado. thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're we're essentially going back to 2015 NASL. Yeah. 
with the That's CW. It was. Instead of, it was the CW. It was CW, and before that, it was uh, forty-five. That That's UPN right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, I mean, last night you could turn on the TV and find every Minnesota sports team that was in season. Uh, Wolves, Wild, Twins, and Loons all playing at the same time across the Fox networks and CW. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate. It. I mean, it's it was kind of a low bar and a kind of an easy thing to do, but it just hadn't happened. And so I'm glad that it's back. It makes it so much more accessible, not just for us or me selfishly, mm-hmm. but for the larger community that aren't exactly. into all the streaming and can't afford it. Just accessibility yep. is is the word. Um, now speaking of accessibility, antennas again. <laughs> I can actually help with that. <laughs> I was going to say Facebook Live also. <laughs> Accessibility. <laughs> that segues into the opening day of MLS 2021 pandemicness. Um, happened yesterday. I'll, I'll, the first match, I put it later, but we had Houston and San Jose. Houston won that match two to one with some pretty impressive goals. Um, the uh, Marie goal with the, the kind of just banana kick. I don't know if you saw that one, Bridget. Just a beautiful blast. A nice curl at the end. And so that, that kind of set things up to take us into Seattle. Um, where should we begin here? So we, we learned that both Debassi and Hansen were out with thigh injuries. Not too The Hansen one I wasn't aware about. Debassi, obviously, he's been missing pretty much all preseason. That one would be a, a key injury in the near future here as we talk. Um, they line up kind of like we expected. St. Clair gets the start left to right. Gasper, Coleman, Boxall, Metinair, excuse me, midfield, Grey Goose. Will Trapp gets the start. I wasn't sure if if Ozzy or Will Trapp was going to do it. He gets it. Uh, And then I guess the one that I was most surprised about was Dotson got the start Mm -hmm. on the left wing. Reynoso in the middle, obviously. Finley on the right and Lud getting the start as striker. How'd you feel about that, Bridget Rashila? Yeah, I think I think Dotson was the the big surprise. Um Lude up front is is not a surprise whatsoever. I mean yes we brought in Wanchope but uh he's he's not match fit yet. Um so we it got saw a lot him of criticism in. right yeah a lot of talk on on Twitter that that was a not a great idea. Right. But I mean, they've. This is essentially the lineup that we had uh, the last few games of the last season. Um, so it's not, with the exception of Dotson and Trap, obviously. Um, so it's not that odd. It's not like it's a, a crazy, weird. Let's try something new. Um, it's kind of been tested. Uh, the tax tactics did change a little bit to fit it. Um, which I think worked out pretty well in the first 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, let's, let's mention this thing really quick here because I actually missed this live, but um, black armbands are mm-hmm. worn by the team. Uh, I'm just going to read from the Minnesota United statement here. Uh, the decision to wear a black armband is not made lightly. The team wearing, is wearing it to honor Dante Wright and recognize his tragic death, but also because we know our community is hurting, not just from this incident, but daily from the lack of equality and equity that persists, persists through much of our society. And it goes on from there. Um, a nice gesture, but uh, social media was uh, not was quick and not kind to, pull, to point out Mr. Coleman. 
as we've of course talked about extensively yeah. on this program. Um, I, and I just put that out there because it's still an issue and it will come back uh, until something I think is done. Uh, and any, anybody want to, we've I will talked point it out. to death at this point, but he wore the armband. Uh, I never got a good close up to see it. Some of them kind of sure let it, it, it came down their sleeves and it was hidden on a couple of people. Um, I do want to point out, we got a little bit of context after the match. Uh, it was the players who approached the, the club and said, Hey, we'd really like to do something to, uh, to honor this, this moment. Um, everyone who is, who we've lost the last year, um, in addition to everything happening right now in Minneapolis and, and through the twin cities, um, and the club agreed, uh, the players also approached Seattle players and said, Hey, we'd, we'd really like to do this. Um, Seattle has seen their share of, of unrest as well through the last year. Uh, they've been right in the middle of that too. So those players agreed right away. And so every, every player out there was wearing the armband. Um, they took a group photo before the match rather than just the individual team photos. Um, both clubs kind of mixed in together. Uh, Coleman kind of looks like he's photobombing in the back. If you, if you zoom in on one side, uh. he's just kind of there. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it was a player decision. This isn't the club saying, Hey, let's wear black armbands. Well, at the same time, we, you know, maybe make kind of a performative thing and whatever. But uh, so it was, it was cool to see and to see the players acknowledged that even the players who, you know, didn't come up with the idea first, they just agreed to it later are saying, yeah, this is, this is how we can use our platform. This is where we have a voice and we're going to use it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anything does happen with with Common, uh, but uh, I can one hundred percent guarantee that nothing will. Yeah, it sucks. It's sad, and his name is going to come up here quite a bit as well as we actually get into yeah, just just the, a couple times. Yeah, the match analysis. Um, so I know we don't like. To, maybe don't spend a lot of time on on fashion and hair actually we do talk a little bit about fashion and hair <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> i know you're right you're right so metanair metanair is sporting <laughs> the uh you know where i'm going it's the uh, who's the cat from last year that we let go um help me out uh the striker i can't think of his name right now i'm reading uh, no 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 the the african gentleman that we let go back to oh kai Kamara. Yes, Kai Kamara. It's, it's very much a Kai Kamara inspired hairdo. I, I yeah. just put in here because I'd recently had read um, African Samurai. It very much has like the African gotcha. Samurai vibe. It looks pretty, it was a pretty dope move, I think, in terms yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't quite call Kamara as a man bun. Uh, Metanero is definitely rocking the man bun. But um, yeah, I, I got a few random messages from people last night as the game started. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what's what's with this look on the back line? Is that Metin there? Metin there's you know, the inbound going. I mean, it's coming give, back. Give <laughs> the man a katana, put him in a big kimono, he's ready to go. 
those uh, COVID hairdos, it's it's coming right back. <laughs> so let's go let's get into this thing a little bit, unfortunately. But uh, tale of two halves, very much. Seattle comes out with the three, four, one, two. We really weren't sure exactly how what they were going to do because they're missing a bunch of bodies as well. Um, what did you see? Oh, you kind of alluded to it, uh, Bridget. You, I mean, first half wasn't bad at all. Reynoso was yeah. attacked a lot. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. We we expected that as much. I, I guess what surprised me, I, I I repeated myself a number of times. Loon's pressure, Loon's intensity. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've maybe I have seen him a few times, but it was so they they were they wanted the ball so bad yeah. all the time, and I just hadn't seen that desire to just like be in people's faces all the time. And especially not for that long. Um, I mean, we've seen it before for like moments here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like coming out of the locker room after halftime where they really throw everyone forward. But yeah. this was like a, a sustained high press from, yes. from the whistle. Yes. Uh, solid 20 minutes of that. Yep. Um, and it essentially caused Seattle to resort to doing those long balls out of the back, just to, just to clear the, their third, uh, which is very much something that United was doing, you know, a few years ago. Uh, right clear, clear the back at all costs um, i heard i heard the commentators mention that like maybe this was like 15 20 minutes into the first half the players with the least touches were bruin and Rudia. Yes. like they couldn't get the ball <laughs> the yeah. strikers yeah. couldn't get the ball i mean balloons midfield grabbed it every time and just kind of chipped their way through that through that center area and it they weren't able to create a lot of chances. I mean, there were some near chances, but nothing that, you know, shows up on the stat sheet, but there was so much potential there for, you know, something to come off and all, all they needed was one to really get things going. And unfortunately that didn't happen. Well, let's talk. Boxel had a really good stop. I, I, there was a Boxel stop and a DSC save very close to another. I put that in there. But then let's go to the yeah. 20th minute where it looks like there may have been a handball, a Seattle handball. It's a no yeah. call. Um, I, I know a bunch of the loons were screaming for it, but it, did, did you see this? Would you have agreed with this call? I, I caught it on the replay. I It was definitely a handball. Um, if, if you're going to declare the next one a handball, that's exactly right. Uh, that's, um, I mean, I'd be fine with them not calling Seattle's if they hadn't called Minnesota's. Yep. Um, Six minutes later, it's it's Will Trap and credit to Roll Don. Like he does this really cheeky kind of like juggling move where he basically yeah. he gets he gets him to basically slap the ball with, with yeah. off of his knee, kind of a thing. <laughs> Shoots it right at his arm. So what's he right at do? his arm? Um, yep. So that's it. There, there's your there's your handball and a PK. Uh, Rudia steps up. I, I'll be honest with you. This is one of the first times DSC staring down Ruidias. I was not worried. I couldn't believe it. Like I was, I, I thought, of course he's going to save it. Yeah. It's DSC. Yeah. I mean, any other did. time you see, <laughs> yeah, any other time you see Ruidias get one of those, it's well, that's that's going in. But yeah, that was that was my thought too, watching it and uh looking at how he was preparing for it and he looked he i mean he was he was big on the line but he also just looked prepared he was watching that ball um he really made ideas take a spot and he he went for it 
Um, yeah. Easy step. He was able to clean up the, the follow-up as well. Um, solid. So that's... It was huge. The, I loved it. Huge yeah, save. that's the second PK he has saved out of two in regular time. Whew, of course, he, he gave one up in, in extra time at one point, but... Yeah. Um, it's yeah, still pretty impressive. Solid, huge. Still yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, so we stay nil-nil. DSC, uh, Canadian wall of power. I, I don't think he's going to be around that long. Bridget <laughs> and Sheila, I, I, I think Europe Why is going to call. Or, I, I think Europe is going to call. Or I, What I would love, I was joking around with uh, with Kevin, the – Boca do Nord saying, you know, if we have this exchange program for real with Boca Juniors, maybe, maybe Boca <laughs> takes DSC and he gets to play in, uh, and he gets to play in Libertadores. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe he's the next, uh, Yairo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, spent what, six, seven years at Leon before coming back yeah. to Colorado. So, um, yeah, I think there's eyes on him though. I don't, I'm not sure definitely. how much longer he'll be around. Definitely. Um, Reynoso, obviously we mentioned he's getting fouled all over the place, so there's a little bit of frustration. He's still looking good, though. I'm, I, I just m- made the note in here. Excellent ball movement. That's what I was noticing, oh, too. Yeah. Passes yeah. were crisp. There wasn't a lot of time on the ball. Everybody was moving. I mean, it was almost there, – there were times where I, I was having some, like, 2005-06 Barcelona flashbacks, like Guardiola <laughs> Barcelona, which is saying something. I was like, yeah. man – because there, there was just so little dribbling. It was just like everybody was moving, ball, 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 quick passes, and like, damn, all right. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit on Twitter through the game. Like, that high press doesn't really suit his style. Like, he, he's not able to run into space and get in front of the goal. Um, but even when everyone is hacking at his ankles, he's able yeah. to, to really dance through the midfield and just split everybody up. He draws so much attention, he can still yep. create space for other people. So... That's a perfect segue to what happens in the 35th minute because, yeah. yes, he was he was being hacked all over the place. And somehow – I'm not even sure how he got this pass off. I think it was almost like a behind-the-back thing where he sneaks this yeah. little pass and Lud kind of cuts in from the left to get, to get this shot off, and it hits the post. Hits the post! It was beautiful angle, and he almost had it right – it would have gone past Fry. Um, but, yeah, it clanks off the post – that nice solid thunk that you don't want to hear. Um, yeah, it was it was a great pass though. It kind of drops the shoulder, cuts back, loses his. I think he had two defenders on him. I think so. Um, loses them both, and Lou just cuts right through. So we go to halftime. I mean, I was feeling pretty good. I think most people were feeling pretty good. Taking it to Seattle, not scared by Seattle. Nil nil. Great pressure. And darkness. <laughs> darkness in the second half. And, and I mean, it's maybe we should say, well, let me ask, I'll, I'll pose this question to you both. Is it players that maybe saw something in the Minnesota back line with Coleman during that first half? Or do you think it is the tactical genius that is Brian Schmetzer that maybe takes him into halftime and is like, you guys need to go after this guy? I didn't really see that much of a change tactically okay. in second half from Seattle. They were definitely, they were, they were testing that line a little bit. Um, and with the high press, they, they were kind of able to see uh, where those back four would fall when the ball mm-hmm. turned towards Seattle. 
Um, yeah, they, I mean, they, they caught him out on his typical movements. Like those are the plays that, that Common's going to make. Those are the areas that Boxy's going to run into. And uh, they exploited that. I think they were, they were knocking at that door the whole time. I don't think well, that's how really it started. Like the whistle blows and it's almost a goal right away. Like a, a huge yeah. DSC save to like, to get that. Uh, I mean, if I can't remember the guy's name, Schmidt, Schmidt, the English guy, I can't think of his mm-hmm. name right. One of those, but if he would have put a little more power on it, that would have been a goal. He just didn't get a, oh, yeah. a solid foot on it. Um, the 49th minute. Here's our first one. Brazilian João Paulo. And I, this, this is one of those goals where, even I, when I saw it happen, I'm just like, hands up. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, you can't even be mad about it. It's... Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, the ball's headed out, catches the volley, tees it up one time, goal yeah, off. Flicks it up to himself and just goes it for it. Like he's, like he's it was the mais golaço brasileiro. It was like the yep. stereotypical Brazilian goal. Yep. Uh, uh, esteemed coast, I'll give you one guess of João Paulo's ties. It's in the notes, so the answer is already there. Where Where do you think this man has played before? <laughs> it's true. Yep, Goiás Esporte Clube. Yep. <laughs> he didn't stay for very long. I think he was on a loan, and I'm not even sure he did much. I, I, I'm almost pretty sure he didn't score. This, this was during the the era of of small children, where I wasn't nearly able to pay attention to as, as much football as I can now. Um, but he was definitely there. So I, I am somewhat to blame. Not nearly as much as, as the Peruvian is to blame. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, so oh, the 15th minute, I, I almost forgot about this one. There's this, there's this quick counter, like right after that goal. Uh, so we're down one nil and somehow common presses way high. This ball gets, I'm not even sure who plays the ball. Do you remember Bridget who, who, who put in that? No, it was, cross? that was, that thing was so fast. Cause that was a, yeah. that was a block down on Minnesota's goal. And then they go sprinting back towards Straight Seattle's back. goal. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who got that cross in, but common ran through traffic and did the flying header throwing himself in. Um, and it, it went by fry, but rolled <laughs> just, put on the gas, sprinted in there, and was able to clear it um, off the goal line. What an amazing show of athleticism. I mean, that yes. was just ridiculous that he was able uh-huh. to get there and turn his body the way he turned yes. it to basically clear the ball off the line. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what it reminded me of? It was very much a Miguel Ibarra move. Definitely, yeah. Like old school Miguel Ibarra. Yep. Go crashing into the, the net, but get, yep. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was impressive. I, I, I almost didn't believe it when I saw it live and I saw the replay. I'm just like, God damn. Cause it looked like a goal. I was ready to celebrate. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that was like a classic Coleman move as well. I mean, we've, we've seen him score on those headers before where he, where he just, he's got the height for those aerials. Um, and he, he has the speed to get in there too. I mean, he was, he was right up there. Uh, Reynoso was at like midfield and Coleman's right in front of that. So, I, they did have to review it. Um, lovely goal line technology says it's not a goal. <laughs> um, it hurts, but at the so, same time, you just got to give respect. So you. close. And respect yeah, you. it was the whole thing was just so fast from BK and from Roldan. It was just yep. insane. Yep. Uh, 63rd, we got uh, 
Lud just being at the right place at the wrong time, a really bad defensive pass he has, he's able to pick up. Another good scoring opportunity that just goes wide. Probably should have had that one. Um, and shortly thereafter, we get the uh, Juan Chope debut. Comes in for Finley. And almost immediately, his first touch is a shot. His which was touch. <laughs> first touch, which was promising. It's like, okay, he's, yeah. he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Yeah. And, then, and then the 68th, shortly thereafter, uh, I love this one where the, the ball's coming in and Dotson is turned, but he sees Juan Chope and heads it down to him. And he just destroys this ball. I mean, what a shot. It, it goes yeah. just a little high, but the power on that shot was mm-hmm. ridiculous. And it was, that was interesting because it, I didn't really notice Dotson a whole lot in the first half. He was quiet. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that whole left side was fairly quiet. We saw Gasper yep. making those interlapping runs a couple of times um, with Dotson. But for the most part, you kind of forget that he's there when he plays on that side. Uh, so then to have one Chope come in and suddenly Dotson's targeting him. Uh, yeah, it was, that was good to see. I mean, it, it went downhill from there, obviously, but, uh, there, that was a highlight Bright spots, Bridget, bright spots. <laughs> that was <laughs> a highlight moment. We got to pick our moment. bright spots for the future. It's only game <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's fall into the depths of despair here. 70th minute, Ruiz Diaz. Um, I mean, Bruin just absolutely torches Coleman. I mean, mm-hmm. just smokes him. I and mean, what, what can you say? He just takes him on one-on-one, gets past him. Easy pass off to Ruiz Diaz, just waiting there at the, at the goal mouth. And there's your second. Ah, it hurt. That one hurt. And we're, we're barely recovering. We're barely recovering now from being too nil down. And it happens again, almost rinse and Exact, repeat. yeah. It was the exact same play. The only thing that changed is we, instead of brewing, it was rolled on. Yep. <laughs> uh, ouch. So that's that's a double common burn. Yeah, I mean, so the first time, the the thing that we can say for common on that that first move, uh, he was going for that pickpocket, poke the ball out. Uh, and he has just, or, sorry, Bruin just drops his shoulder and jukes out of it. But uh, that second time, Coleman was nowhere near it, and he still fell for that turn and was basically on the ground watching it go by him. Uh, and they knew that Boxy was going to be pressing a little bit too. He wasn't able to, he doesn't drop into that space behind Coleman. Yeah. Um, well, another question too is, Gasper, I I don't remember where he was in these goals. He's like he's like high up. He was yeah, he was high. He was not dropping back as quickly. Coleman was kind of back there alone, and I think Gasper was probably the target uh, to play that ball out if Coleman had gotten it. Um, But yeah, he did not. He was not back there to help behind Coleman whatsoever. Yep. So all of a sudden, three nil down. I mean, and whatever, whatever feelings we were having in the first half are, are, are gone, gone, gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we just get one back? Uh, we got to, had some more substitutions. McMaster came in. Ozzy eventually did come in. And Retilla came in for Coleman a little late, put in there. McMaster actually, again, uh, not wasting time right away. He gets a first touch <laughs> first that touch. is a shot. Yep. Yep. So he's ready to go. And then in the 86th minute, I didn't even see this goal, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what I was doing, but 
Montero scores. Do you, do you want to take it, Bridget? Because I don't even remember it. I that was a I think a long ball, like twenty yards out, just kind of the ball fell to him, turned, shot. Uh, DSD didn't really have much of a chance on that one either. Freddy Montero, who's back in Seattle after what, like nine years or something like that. Yeah, the the last time he scored for Seattle was October of 2012. That's amazing! Wow. All right, well there it is, four uh, nil. Your final Seattle Sounders over Minnesota. But hey, United. we used four subs. We did. We did indeed. <laughs> that is something. That is something. So, I mean, what do we read into this? It, it, it's early. It's the first match. It sucks to lose. It sucks, it sucks to get a goleada like that. But again, it's Seattle. It's a high standard. But at the same time, like that's the standard that we as Minnesota United supporters and Minnesota United, that's, that's where we want to hold ourselves, right? We want to be able to compete with Seattle. It's, is it, it, it's obviously not just Coleman. It, that, that was a part of it. Was it, was it the legs? Was it, was it trying to keep that high press intensity and it just, we couldn't keep up with it? Um, was it, I mean, the midfield fell apart in the second half. Um, I think, go ahead. So, I mean, it was, it wasn't just common. It's, you know, the same backline issues that we've always had and we've always talked about. Um, we didn't talk about it so much when, when Ike Aparo was back there with Boxy. Um, but we're going to have to get used to this new reality where Opara's not, he's not going to be in there. Um, and Will Trapp addressed that uh, after the match in the, in the presser saying that there were definitely things on the back line that need to be addressed where little things kind of started to fall apart. Um, and Seattle was able to capitalize on that. Just those little deficits and little things, little mistakes that when you have that high press, you can't, you can't really come back from. But I mean, how much can we talk about the fact that our, our city is in the middle of a crisis and the center of a national crisis of racial reckoning? And we've got one player who refuses to acknowledge white privilege. Mm-hmm. And he happens to be the one that's making mistakes. I mean, not that I'm just saying like, there's probably, I'm guessing there's probably some, some non-unity happening behind the scenes. One would imagine. I mean, we don't know. We can only speculate, but yes. Yeah. I mean, and we don't have that depth back there. So no matter what their feelings are, Heath is going to play the veteran guy to fill in for the other veteran guy, Debassi. Um, I mean, the, so I got, I started doing Jeff's eight word reactions. Um, more than like half of the 60 responses cited Coleman. <laughs> it's, and and all those things. I mean, it's it's going to be on the consciousness of m- most fans. I mean, I'm not going to say all because we yeah. we all know those those fans on Twitter. But sure. um, and 
They've yeah, had ample, ample time to take care of the situation. We've talked about this at length on this program. Oh, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is this is years old at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's on them. I, I almost wonder, too, I thought it was interesting in some of the commentators, they, they kept talking about the idea of the winning mentality. And that's something that Seattle just has ingrained that they don't panic. Even if they're down, they're like, right. we're going to figure out a yeah. way to win this game. And I'm just not sure that Minnesota United were there yet. And, it, and it's almost, I don't know if that's a coaching thing too, where it's, it's just Smetzer versus Heath. And he's just like, it's going to happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, in, in preseason, they talked about that a lot. All these guys saying, you know, this this is a new mentality now. We've got this this aggressive, strong, like, let's go for it. Let's make it happen. We heard that from Finley. We've heard it from Will Trapp. We've heard it from, from Reynoso. Um, we're seeing Reynoso really excited and like, Hey, let's, let's go get it now. Yeah. Uh, we know where our faults are. We know where our, where our strengths are. Let's use them. Uh, there's definitely a disconnect between that and, uh, how, how the coaching staff uses those attributes. Cause this was a beat up Seattle team too. I mean, no Lodero. Yeah. This is, no, I mean, uh... this is not the, this is not the team that they faced last year. Right. Uh, in that final. So, I mean, this, this was not the squad that, you know, came back from a 2-0 deficit to win 3-2. Uh, this is a totally different, uh, I mean, solid. The way that Seattle can lock anyone into their, into their rotation and play with the same culture, whereas Minnesota, you move one or two players around and you get a totally different mentality. Yeah. And well, that's, uh, the culture is going to be the issue in, in more ways than one on the right. pitch and off the pitch. The culture is going to be the main talking point. Well said. Well said. It's early. It's the first match. It's a long season. But again, th- this is this is kind of the measuring stick where we want ourselves to be. Right. We want yeah. to be able to compare ourselves to Seattle and be right there with Seattle. <sighs> so. We'll see how these things kind of play out. But At let's least take a we break. Don't have to worry about these points taking away from the U.S. Open Cup because there won't ah! be any U.S. Open Cup. At least. Great spots. At least. <laughs> wah, wah. On that note, it's break time. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. All right, and we are back. Um, Moving on from that um, business. uh, (laughs) That. Or nothing. (laughs) um we're we're moving on to the next thing some internationals we got some english premier league i, I just put in here chelsea uh last week four to one over crystal palace with christian Pulisic really showing up getting a brace uh kind of solidifying them into their into the top four what is happening we got baking happening over here in my household there's lots of crashing <laughs> um what else um other uh, oh, this week in racism, of course. What, which one is this one now? Uh, Cavani. Some of these, so many things happen. I always, I get backed up. <laughs> what, 
Honestly, it's it's sad. Uh, oh, Sun. We got to talk about Sun. That's what it was. So Ma- Manchester United beats Tottenham three to one. Um, there's a there's the VAR call on the foul that annuls. I can't remember the whole sequence now. Uh, do you remember this whole thing, Bridget? How it lines up? No, I I missed that whole thing until the news came out later. Uh, it but so VAR calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Cavani goal followed uh, the VAR call. I, th- I think what it was is they blamed Sun for like acting and nullifying this goal on Ka- that should have been a goal for, for Cavani, mm. and then a few minutes later, Sun scores the goal for for uh, Tottenham, uh, and that's kind of what brought out all the racist troll garbage. And you know we're we're still dealing with all the violence against people of Asian descent, then it was just mm-hmm. another one of those things. And it was sad to, to sad to see happen. I mean, he's, he's such a great player and a really classy human too. Like, yeah, he's, he's a really smart, well-spoken guy. And, and, and I think what hurt was he, he's trying to like do the, the regular post-match but, interview yeah. and he just, he just can't, I mean, he's starts crying he's, and he's just like, I can't do this. He's the guy, I mean, through through all the problems that Spurs have had the last couple of seasons, he's the guy in the interviews afterwards who's, you know, rationalizing things and saying, hey, you know, we've we've got this, we can move forward, we, you know, we'll, things will be okay. It's, it's just a game, we're working on it. Um, so for him to go into an interview after a match like this uh, and just be unable to talk about you know how how he's been treated after that they're i mean they're out there trying his job his thing the whole time had been we're we're out there trying to do our jobs we're you know we're working hard we'll turn this around um and now he has to talk about you know personal attacks on him not only as a football player but as as a person of Asian descent in in this game yeah it was super sad it was hard to watch <sighs> continues um, El Clasico happened in La Liga Real Madrid actually wins this one two to one uh, Benzema Cruz score and uh, Minguez gets one for Barcelona but just the consistency of uh, of Benzema just doing this these futsal like street tricks in like the biggest stage. I mean, he does it in Champions League. He did it in this too. I, I caught this still where he's he's basically he does the cross like the ball's midair and he's gonna cross his left and back heel it with his right and score. And it's just like, dude, what <laughs> what what is happening? I mean, it's like the biggest stages are just like his little mm-hmm. you know the bon wheel you call it in french right you're like your little your little neighborhood it's a video game yeah yeah it's a video game you're right it's a cheat code yeah they it's pretty amazing the stuff they can pull off so as much as we're not exactly real madrid fans on this program good on them and, and i i do like benzema i have nothing against benzema i think he's a really fun player to watch and cruz for that matter as well um the Guayano, this this is classic. We we've talked about it before. How how Serie A in Brazil put under. You can only fire one coach. You can start getting penalized. <laughs> so Guayas drops to Serie B. They were relegated, and right on cue, fire their coach. 
<laughs> can't make it up. They they got beat in in their derby against Villanova, which which is kind of a big deal. And Villanova's not that good. This is like a Division three or four team. And so the fact that all these things piling up, it, yeah, he's gone. So I guess God, I'm, I I got to think think for a second and keep track. I guess this would be coach number five in the past year question mark maybe less nine months i'm not sure <laughs> it's it's pretty bad the, the the club is in a really bad way right now and i've i've obviously i'm still paying attention but it's it's just hard to watch i think they need to kind of kind of scrap everything and start from square one at this point because things are not good not good at all uh 2025 club world cup I don't know if this has been confirmed, but it sounds like they're trying to make it into more of a uh, larger international tournament. So it says the competition would feature eight teams from UEFA, uh, three from CONCACAF Champions League, six from Libertadores, three from AFC Champions League, three from uh, African uh, Cup of Nations, and one from Oceania, which would be uh, a little bit bigger numbers, but also like better representation too. So because usually that that tournament goes so fast, right? The, the clubs mm-hmm. come in, the the Asian and African clubs go, the Konkov jumps in, Libertadores gets a buy, and then it's the final, all in like a week, yep. <laughs> and it's like gone, and then it's over. So, so yep. this would actually give it a little more longevity, and maybe give some of the teams from basically not Europe or South America to have a better shot, maybe. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that? Seems like a good idea. All right. Why not? Um, why not? I agree. Why not? I had some friendlies, friendlies on the uh, women's national teams. The U.S. beat France. Always a big, strong rival. Uh, Rapino gets the penalty. And nice to see Alex Morgan back. Gets, gets her first goal, I think, since becoming a new mom. So good honor. It's good stuff there. 2-0 two two is your final. Um, the other one I put in here, which was an amazing highlight, Bridget, I know you saw this one, mm-hmm. was Canada versus England. Canada wins this thing 2-0. Early goal by Vienne in the three-minute, but it's this Prince, 87th minute, stripping the keeper on the restart. <laughs> oh, so dirty. It's so beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just, Sheila, you got to watch this highlight if you haven't seen it. Listeners as well. It's great. <laughs> Because the keeper, you know, it's got the ball ready to start the goal kick, make just get get the play going again, and she just comes barreling in from nowhere and basically slide tackles the ball away from her yeah. into the goal. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's it's that play that everyone's hoping for when they're crowding the box, they're kind of taunting the keeper right in front of them as they make that kick. But yeah, as soon as it comes off her boot, just just slides in and goes for it and just uh, stuffs her. She she was kind of in shock. She stood there and watched the slide pass. Was. Like, hey. I, I think the rest of the team was too. Like, what did, what just happened? <laughs> I haven't kicked the ball yet. What are you doing down there? Yeah, it was it was yeah, pretty that was dope. Insane. Pretty amazing. Um, all right, let's do some Champions League here. So we are down now to the semifinals. Uh, but to get there, we had uh, another like Chelsea and Porto, and Porto actually win, but they lose on their away goal. So Chelsea goes through and PSG also lose to Bayern, but again, on the aways three, three aggregate, they are going through. Oh, so sorry. The, the German speaker is correcting me one more time, please. Bayern. Bayern. 
So you got you got Chelsea and PSG going. I think we through. need to add her to the credits. Yeah. That's, yes. Um, Corrections. Yes. Pronunciation. <laughs> I've got it going on my on my building. I'm trying to get there. Uh, Liverpool Real Madrid on Univision on the Rabbit Ears. Uh, Bridget, did you get a chance to see this one? I listened to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it ends up being the. The good news is they didn't lose the match. They held their own. It was a nil-nil tie. Yeah. Yeah. They absorbed a lot of the pressure. Um, they, they kept Benzema at bay, aforementioned. Um, I, thought, I thought some things were really going to get out of control between uh, Casimiro and Milner. There was a couple minutes that I put in there, 20, 23rd through the 25th, where one goes down, the other one, he takes Milner down, and then immediately somebody takes Casimiro down, and there's, like, yellows flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. That's, I, was, I was just listening to audio. I was sitting at work, had the audio going on my phone, and you could almost hear that, that tackle on Milner. Yeah. And all Arlo and uh, the other commentator just they just kind of stopped chatting and they're like whoa what was that all right we're gonna see red we're gonna see yellow and it was just the two of them reacting to this for like two minutes while they figured yep. out if you know if Milner's okay if he can play on if he needs to step off if if there's gonna be a yellow card um it was just insane yeah i was it was kind was of surprising there something weren't happening. any reds because it was yeah yeah it was tense it was very it tense. sounded it's i was expecting it at any time just based on the tone of the of the audio stream yeah but well there's your final it's a nil nil tie but obviously with the goals from the first round uh real madrid is going through so, so there will and not of be course a... a little bit of racism on uh social media afterwards on this Trent, one too again oh yeah yeah. Really? Again? Because yeah. I know we yeah. covered it last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a little bit on. more. Yep. So Liverpool basically like put out that same statement again. They're like, and here we are again, talking about how you know this is not acceptable. It was it was a different group of players, a uh, different group of fans saying things, but uh, you know, different week, same same shit. So frustrating. Um. On the other side, uh, it was Man City and Dortmund. Dortmund actually scoring early and first with uh, Bellingham. Youngest Champions League scorer in, in, in Champions League history here at 17 years old. Just getting it done. Dortmund, always good when it comes to playing the kids. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is part of their brand. But it wasn't enough to hold back the oil giants. Man City, uh, Mares gets the PK. Folden gets the 75th. Uh, so that's a four to two on aggregate Man City through. So your semifinals look like this. Speaking of the battle of the petrol states that uh, definitely do or do not fund uh, <laughs> fundamentalist terror organizations. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've got Paris Saint-Germain versus uh, Manchester City on one side. And then you've got Real Madrid versus uh, Chelsea on the other. I guess with Chelsea, it's more. Russian oligarchy and probably some white supremacist organizations. So, you know, the norm, <laughs> the norm. Uh, what, do, what do you all between these four uh, b- besides really, really dirty, horrible money? Um, what do you think? Who, who's who's going to pass here between these two, between PSG and Man City say that that's, that's a tough one. Uh, 
I think I'm going Man City. Okay. Sheila, opinion? If you say oil, that's totally valid, too. Um, I always um, uh, root for who I like better. So I'm going uh, to vote for not Man City. You know, you got Mbappe. So if, if if it ends up being the Mbappe show... And Neymar too. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't even know. I, I want after saying that, I think it would be fun to see those two tear it up. So I'll go PSG mm-hmm. as well. Um, Real Madrid, Chelsea. Uh, I don't think Chelsea can take the Real Madrid fire as much as I'd like him maybe to put up a fight, but I, I don't, I don't know. It might be a little closer, but I think Real Madrid gets through. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, Recopa, I, I messed up. I forgot this is the double leg because Palmeiras won the first leg. Um, and then they play again in uh, Buenos Aires and, or maybe this one was in Brazil. I can't remember which one was which, but anyway, they play again and DNJ Defensa Justicia actually wins this match two to one. So they have a two, two aggregate and they have to go to PKs and DNJ actually win Defensa and Justicia. So seven to six on PKs. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and, and maybe co-host, I don't, I don't know if you know this as well, but this is basically your your, uh, your Libertadores champ versus your Sudamericana champ. It's just another tournament to have a tournament, basically, and be like, who is the ultimate South American champion? <laughs> so good on uh, Defensa y Justicia. This is a team, too. Rodrigo and I were talking about this uh, last week. Not that many years ago, maybe a decade, definitely two dec- decades ago, this is a, this is a BC level team. They they really made a jump in their uh, development and progression to get to the point where they can take on these you know high powered Brazilian teams like Palmeiras and in this case beat them. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a new thing. All right, well that about wraps it up. There's so much football happening today. Uh, MLS is obviously going down. I think the big one on national television on Rabbit Ears Fox. LAFC, Austin FC at five o'clock, I believe. Yep, five p.m. Hope to check that one out. It'll be it'll be our first first uh, viewing of Austin and probably Matthew McConaughey taking off his shirt at midfield. I'm just assuming that's in the contract. Um, I don't know. Are, are, are there any other ones that you are are excited to between? Uh, I didn't even put tomorrow's matches in between today and tomorrow. Well, we should note happening. As we speak, uh, Mason Toy scored the first goal for Montreal over Toronto. Hey, look at that. Did his little Maraca uh, celebration in the corner. Nice. Um, currently, they got a penalty as well. So they're up 2-0 in like mm-hmm. 40th minute, I believe. I think the one tomorrow that's getting a lot of buzz too is going to be the uh... – Inter Miami LA Galaxy. I think that one's on Rabbit Ears as well. Rabbit Ears ABC, if I'm not mistaken. Columbus Philadelphia. That should be a really good match. That'll that be good really, yeah. really good teams. Um, what else did I add in here? FA Cup semifinal. We had Chelsea and Man City. I'm not sure how that one turned out, but we we'll take a look. Do do do. Chelsea one nil. There you go. And I put in here Union Berlin got a nice win, two to one over Stuttgart. But uh, Stuttgart, thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to do Bundesliga anymore. <laughs> uh, 
that's about it. I'm excited for this uh, this Austin game. I think it's going to be fun, and we'll we'll kind of see how everything else pans out around the league, and and hopefully uh, Minnesota United can you know pull themselves back up in preparation for next week, back in St. Paul, back in Allianz, hosting RSL. If I'm not mistaken. Correct. So that should be a. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to say it should be a game. A game will happen. <laughs> Something will happen for 90 plus minutes. And that's right. uh, yeah, yep, that's it. <laughs> right on. Uh, listeners, if you want to support the show, uh, it is patreon.com backslash MN football show. We have beer. It is done. Uh, orders are being taken right now. It is the barrel aged uh, double trouble. I think I said it wrong. That was the, the, uh, the plum one is not the plum one is the double trouble. It'll still be delicious. Um, if you sign up on the Patreon, that's one of the things you get. And one of the things that uh, we can hint at is there might be something popping up on social media here in the near future that uh, we've uh, enlisted a dear friend of ours to help us with. And um, I don't know, do, do I say the word or should I just leave it vague like that? Cause I feel like if, if we say, yeah, if we say one of the words, we just give it away. Something cool is coming. Leave all right. It. How about leave that? it vague. I like it. Yeah. Something yeah. cool is coming. And your, uh, your support through Patreon has helped in make to make that happen. So we appreciate you greatly. Uh, Bridget, Sheila, obrigado. Thank you for listening. You. And let's see if we can uh, not lose 4-0. Yay! <laughs> Set that bar. <laughs> <laughs>